When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two went up and I heard those thousands of Sligo people, I was proud and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They'll be looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. Okay, very welcome along to episode 119 of the Better Red Supporters Trust podcast, uh, a New Year's Day special, and um, hopefully we get it out on New Year's Day. Uh, we're joined by Sean Dunn, Donald Kelly, Jerry O'Connor, Ronan Flanagan's with us, and Magoo may or may not join us. Did he say one way or the other? I can't remember. He, he's no. not sure. He's not sure. He's not sure. That's okay. Um, so we've no uh, real agenda. Um uh, but we're gonna we're gonna have a chat. There's plenty of uh, plenty of comings and goings, things happening, and there's lots of. Um, I think uh, there's kind of quite a good bit of positive expectation at the moment, which is good. So I suppose the best place to start was with is with uh, who we have, who we we've signed in the the close season so far. So uh, J.R. Wilson, I suppose is is it fair to say Jerry uh, the player we know most about? Um. Yeah, probably, probably. Um, I've been kind of keeping an eye on Wilson Wereru the last while. Just he always right. as a striker, and uh, kind of I'm kind of nerdy enough sometimes to watch first division games on LOI TV and stuff like yeah. that. He's a fella that's really stood out for me, and I'm delighted that we signed him. Um, big, strong, physical centre forward, uh, lots of pace. Probably something that we've lacked in the past, and you know he's he's uh, plenty of legs to get in behind and and uh, get on the end of things. So I'm really excited about him. Jr. look, he's a he's a brilliant signing too, isn't he? He's a really really solid player that likes to get forward, likes to tackle. Um, again, something you know I think he's an upgrade maybe on what we had last season, and that's no disrespect to to Ranaflack. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, Sean. I, I don't know about you, Sean. I would have liked to of all the signings that we, of all the new players we brought in last each season, uh, Brownfleck probably showed the most heart and kind of desire. Um, and he's the only player I kind of wanted to to see stay. I don't know what your thoughts on that were. Yeah, I'd be the same thing, and I think we all would. I think everyone in here was a fan of Johan, um, a technically excellent footballer. So he was, but I think even Russell said it on the pod here himself about Johan that like he's brilliant going forward but obviously he lacked a little bit defensively as he's only recently become a right back so you know if he was as good defensively as he was attacking he wouldn't be in the league of Ireland anyway because he's that good at going forward so that was his major weakness there so I think look going on he would have been on a big wage and everything I'm sure so you know going forward for this year I don't think you could have them kind of luxuries of just attacking fullbacks where J.R. Wilson offers you both. He's excellent defensively and he's also he's actually a technically very good footballer. So he is, and he can swap over to the left as well. So that's going to be a little bit of an added bonus as well with the small squad. But he, he I've actually where Jerry's excited about Wilson, I'd be excited about J.R. and Connor Manley actually. I think I think he's a shrewd bit of business. Uh, we'll go on to Connor Manley in a minute. Um Ronan, uh, your thoughts on J. 
Dara Wilson, fullback. Do we need more? Uh, do we, I get the feeling we need more. Need more manpower, more players uh, to cover defensive positions. Yeah, yeah, that's probably it, Connor. Yeah, um, I suppose we were kind of look well. We were thinking kind of going into last year that we had, I suppose, two players for every position. Um, we had Johan and we also had Gary Bullen. Now I know Gary Bullen got injured before the season even started, and then we had. Carlos Sullivan and we had could maybe cover a right fullback, but now we're just have JR right full. So mm, you may be hoping for a bit of cover, but by all accounts, there's a few young lads have kind of been brought into the first team picture. Um now maybe from, they from the academy. Be, yeah, but like I said, Connor Reynolds and a few lads have I suppose impressed in at underage. So Maybe hopefully they'll be able to make the step up this year. Um, but certainly JR, yeah, big signing. And I think the plus of having someone that knows what the league about, know the players he can be come up against will be a massive addition. Uh Donald, we were uh, in the pub a couple of days ago, um, and we were talking about Gary Boyle and he didn't kick a ball for us last season because of was the ACL injury, isn't that right? Yeah, that was it. I think he did out in the the Astro Series, Connor. I think, yeah, that's right. There was there was talk of him, um, or there there was rumours that he was brought in um, for training, or that he might be brought in for training. Um, is he the sort of player? I mean, there's no talk of him signing, but it's, would you take someone like him back in again? Absolutely, like he's a first time player, and fortunately, we didn't get to see um, we didn't get to see any of them at all last season, you know. So, but I mean, like if he was brought in on a Paper play contract or whatever. I don't know what the, the ins and outs of the contracts are now, but uh, he's a first time player. He knows the league, and he is he he is quality, you know. So he did very well for Harps the, the season before last. So um, I would have no objection to to Gary coming back. Yeah. Uh, okay, intimate field, Jerry. So uh, obviously, Bulger and Cawley are the two big names that uh, exit the club. And um, what were your thoughts on that initially, Jerry? Um. Yeah, disappointed, um, but understand why David uh, wasn't kept on. Um, I know a lot of people were disappointed, but a lot of people that were disappointed were also kind of maybe complaining about the same player last season. So, you know, you can't have it every way either. Like, a um, little bit surprised about Greg. Um, I know he was offered a contract and he chose to to leave for whatever reasons he chose. Um, obviously gone to Cork. Um, obviously, you know, he's going to be guaranteed more game time down there and probably similar way, just probably not even a little bit more than what he's getting here. Um, so you can understand why he's taken that. Um, obviously, and again, it's left kind of, it's left a, a, a big void now in our midfield. I'd be a little bit concerned about that. I know um, we We've brought in Alice Chapman and uh, Connor Maley. Um, it's good that Connor knows the league. I, I, Connor, I, I, are we pronouncing Maley? Is that Connor pronouncing the second name? Thinking, yeah. What's that? Is, is the second name pronounced Maley or am I being pedantic now? I, I, I see Maley. I don't know. Tom, tomato, tomato. <laughs> he could be, right, okay. he could, He'll be called a lot worse things uh, after a few games. So yeah, was, yeah. <laughs> he he will be at some stages this season. There's no there's no two ways about it. Or he could be throwing rotten tomatoes at him. But um, yeah. So, like, so who, who are you most excited? Or 
I mean, I, I suppose... I'm more worried a little bit than excited about central midfield at the minute. I think we need oh, okay. to get most the league very, very well. Uh, a kind of a leader type of person. Maybe that's within that group there and we don't know it. Just from from what I see at the moment, I think we need someone in there with a bit of news, a bit of guile, a bit of experience, a bit of uh, shithousery, a bit of cuteness, that sort of player. That's what I'm still... I still think we're lacking, not licking, lacking that type of player. <clears throat> Sean, who's your leader in what we have currently? Um, yeah, I think it's it's about someone stepping up this year. There's no obvious one that you'd say, yeah, that's your nailed on captain. And I think there's an opportunity now with the old guard, so to speak, moving on that lets the younger lads now come into come into their own. You have Niall, John, Kaelin, you know, they're local lads, so to speak, and coming up through the academy, they know everything about the club. They know what it takes to lead this club. So I think one of them has got to grab this opportunity and make a name for themselves as a captain. And um, I personally, I think John Mahan, I think John could have the capabilities of being the, a really good captain. I think, you know, he's starting to settle with age now. He's getting a wee bit of maturity about him. So I think he could be the one. Um, and like that, he he adores the club. Like you know what I mean. He, you know he's going to give everything for them on the pitch. So I think he could be the one. I don't think there is any other standout players that for for captaincy. You know, like you're not going to give it to Nando or that. Um, even though he was vice vice captain last year, I don't. Sean, that's, no. I think I think that's a great shout. Um, I don't think anybody else would have really thought of that one. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> I can't believe I'm here shaking my head, Donner. I can't believe you stole my thunder there. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Did you, John, as well? Oh, I thought man. you were nine. Huh? I thought you wanted nine. No, no. I said it in the chat, sir. I, I, I think that John Mann would be great shout. Uh, as well. I think I actually I was told a story about him there. Um, um, over the Christmas. He called to a young fella's house to give him a jersey and just basically it was like I, he he heard how infatuated the young fella was with, with John Mahan, that he was his favourite player. And he actually made the effort to call the young fella's house and spend a bit of time with him and, you know, just just sat in his company. And the young fella was absolutely mind-blown. And I just thought it was such a touch of class and you don't hear that. Like, this is the kind of stuff that you don't hear and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's local. It's, a, I suppose, little things like that is epitomise what football is about um, a sport in your own team and I think little things like that that for John as he probably is, he's mature as a person um, you know I think like he, he could be a good candidate to be a captain anyway yeah. that's, that's great to hear like he doesn't have to go and do that kind of thing but the fact that he would get off his arse and do it is um and it's, it's, I mean, there's a sign of maturity in that alone, isn't there? Absolutely. And Connor, it's, it's not like he's doing it like there's, it wasn't out there. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It was. It wasn't public knowledge or anything like that. He was doing it on Instagram for everybody to see how, how good of a fellow he was. He did it off his own bat, a very, very low key under the radar. So you know, I, th- I just think it was a great thing. Yeah, I think as well. Uh, uh, I think as well. We probably forget um, how young John is because he because he broke onto the scene at, in his teenage years. It, it's, it feels like you've been around for an awful long time, but he's still only very early twenties, as far as I as I know. Twenty four, I think he is. Yeah, 
So yeah, he's probably I, he, he is he is as far as I can see anyway, he is the only character uh in that squad that I know so far now, maybe Armali or um Arnold Chapman might prove otherwise. But he's the only guy who has that kind of uh you know, has that edge about his game, I think, maybe, you know. Yeah, yeah I've referred to before, Connor, that sometimes maybe John likes too many nice players. Um we might not have enough characters or enough uh, C-U-N-T-S in the in the squad. Like every squad needs one or two of them. And John, man, definitely um, will will be considered C-U-N-T uh, on the pitch. They're a, they're a dying breed in the modern game, anyway. <clears throat> players in that in players in that regard, like footballers are are usually too nice in general. Like if you go through the league, like yeah. you'd struggle to find. Really Gary Deegan's your brothers, they're all gone. They're all gone. Yeah, they are gone. Like Greg is one of the last of them as well. Mm. Like even you know, even David Cawley, like David's a great guy and a great club man, but like we just says he was very vocal and stuff on the pitch. I, I personally I wouldn't and I could be wrong in saying that, but just from what I watched, I wouldn't have seen that in David. Now that don't get me wrong, great club captain. So I, I, I think he would be driving server, standards on the pitch, though, Sean. Sorry, he would have been. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. By that, that's the kind yeah. of captain I think you get yeah. these days, though. Right. You know, people lead by example, not really grab people by the scruff of the neck and you know get the game going that way. Like like Gary Deegan, I think is the last of them. Mm. Even a Shams, what's it? It's Lopez. He leads by example. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. He sets the standard with his performance, and that's all good and well, but. Sometimes you are looking for that little bit more when I suppose you don't have a squad full of amazing players. You do need that one to G up a bit and get a, an extra two or three percent, if that can be caught, out of players. Yeah. Rory, um, sorry, go on, Jerry, quickly. Just, you know, like uh, what Sean was saying about and and and, and uh, Don was saying about setting the standards, but, and I totally agree with that, but some of the standards that should be set are standards where you hate losing. Yeah, you know, you win at any cost. Like any game now, you watch on the TV or even at League of Ireland level, you see fellas like, you know, they could be bet two 0 but they're like congratulating with the or high, nearly high five in the opposition. Like it doesn't hurt them. Mm. That drives it's, it's me. The, it's the Roy Keane thing it's the, when you know when lads are when a defeated player is going over congratulating or having a chat with a winning yeah. opposition player. I mean, right. I kind of get him in that regard, like you know. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. Whereas you don't get that with the likes of John Mann. Like, you know, he's not going to go over and start, like, oh, you know, putting his hand over his mouth nearly this kind of bollocks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like he's more likely to fucking hit the, the other fella. You need a few arches like that too. Yeah, and that's it's one thing. In, it's one thing I've never, I've sorry, I've always noticed with John, he's never pally-pally with the opposition. Yeah. You mm-hmm. never see him walking off the pitch, the arms around him, having a nice old chat, as you're saying there, Jerry, or anything. He's never even nice to them on the pitch. He's a, he's a complete and utter wanker to them. Like, he he, he ragdolls fellas, and he loves them. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's why he's, he's so endearing to the Rovers fans. Um, Ronan, what, what are your expectations for that midfield? And the other player that we haven't mentioned, mentioned the other incoming player, is, um, is Simon Power. So I don't know what you know about him. What information you can give us about Simon Power and generally your expectations for the midfield? Uh, yeah, Simon Power, interesting sign. Um, I suppose he, yeah, played a few, he played over 30 games in League Two for Harrogate. And you know, a lot of people give out about the lower leagues of, of English football, but League Two isn't starting to be something to be, uh, 
to be sniffed at. Um, now that he came to Shams, then I know he has, he's had his injuries problems, but by all accounts, there's a player there. Um, as far as I know, he can cover a variety of positions, um, more so attack and sense. So he does provide a lot of does provide a lot of maybe options that are out wider in the middle. Um, so maybe he's the well. Last year we had a we had a lot of number tens. We seems to still have a lot of number tens. Um, but certainly he's a, certainly an option going forward. Anyway, he wouldn't be playing back the pitch, but certainly going forward, he's someone that can get things going if if we need him. Do I we, watched him do... against. I watched him against Cork. I'd say everyone did. Remember that game that was on the telly Shams against Cork towards did the he... end of the season. I think. That... And obviously, we had no inclination that he was ever going to sign for us at that point. But I just remember that Shams had put out a weakened enough team that day and given fellas a chance. And I just remember watching him and just thinking, shit, that's the kind of fellow we need to be targeting for next year. He's the type of player that if we could get him in, every time he got on the ball, he was so positive. He was making things happen. He's lightning quick and, and very, very good with the ball at his feet. You know, he, he will create something out of nothing. Now, I hadn't realised his injury record was that bad. Like, I was really excited when he signed. It's only then when I looked into the injury record. It is very, very poor. It's it's concerning, to be honest with you. So, I'd like to think he can put that behind him. But also, maybe this is the reason why John has gone and changed the strength and conditioning coach. And that he feels that maybe this lad that's coming in can, you know, help with rehabilitation in, you know... Keeping fellas fit for longer because you know, as we all as we all know, it's, it's obvious as days long that like this smaller squad, it's going to have to stay fit because if we get any injury trouble at all this season, we're fucked. Yeah, <clears throat> we are indeed. Uh, so just in relation to uh, Ella Chapman, uh, Ronan, what what do you know about him? What's the player is he? And do is one of Connor Malley and Ella Chapman a six, and the other an eight? Um, sorry, so yeah, on loan from Cheltenham, so the link up seems to be there again. Um, seems to seem to be a player where he gets a run of games. He's grand, but he hasn't played maybe a continuous run of games for a while. Um, but there's certainly a player there. Um, Cheltenham fans wouldn't really have much of a. An opinion on him, but I was reading more so about Lincoln fans. Um, now, left footed player, good strike for a ball, good pass for the ball. He's big too, about six foot two, six foot three, I think, as far as I know. So, hopefully, he's a bit of a physical presence in there. Um, regarding who's a six, who's an eight, um, I don't know really. Uh, Mali, yeah, John Mali, Russell did say that that Mali, he expects Mali to be a box to box player. Yeah. So, and we like I don't know what formation they're hoping to play next year or anything, but yeah, certainly Chapman I think is more of a yeah he sits more so than than Mali definitely. On, and just without jumping over the boys, I think it's going to be Nile that turns into the six this year. I think that's who's going to drop and play the play that role. I think um, Ellis seems to be a. Box to box as well. I think that's the way John was portraying him as well. That he likes him to get forward and that he can, again, like Conor Malley, has a strike on him and can make things happen. So I think he could be looking at maybe dropping Nile into that six. And I think if he does, I think that would actually be Nile's best position. 
I think we've hoped Nile would get a little bit more attacking as the years went on, but it just hasn't worked out that way. Still think he's a fantastic footballer and absolutely buzzing to see that he signed back. But um, I think maybe dropping him into the six, I think he could maybe see the best of Nile more. That's only my own thinking, just listening off the couple yeah. of interviews regarding the signings. And Donald, there was a little bit of fear, I guess, during the um, the kind of winter, the winter months that uh, Niall Moran might be going to somewhere like Galway. Um, uh, that's not really necessarily based on any kind of uh, factual information, but that was there was talk of that. Um, with Bulger and Cawley going, that probably strengthened Niall's position uh, within the team. So I'd imagine we're going to see Niall starting most games. Well, you, you would you would you would think so, Connor? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's John seems to be John Caulfield's um, blueprint to success is just trying to sign all like Rovers players, um, and and like not even played in the other kind of way. So I think personally for for Niall's career, I think it's, it was the right move for him to stay with us. Um, you know, not lure himself to go down to the Crusties down below in in in, in Galway in Mudkey, but. Um, no, fair play to him. Um, I, he's going to have a big part to play this season. And again, one thing about Nile is his fitness. He's he and he he's like can stay injury free all last season as well. So he's he's going to be a massive, massive player for us uh, next season. Jerry, I see you're relaxing there, so I'm going to make you sit forward again. Or you can hold that uh, interesting position there, um, <laughs> and you can tell us a little bit about or your thoughts on the progression of Anthony Elding's son. Um, from own Elding from the academy, although he has he had lined out a couple of times for the senior team last season, but he he signed his first professional papers, um, or he has in the last couple of weeks. What are your your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's great to see another player progressing from the academy. Um, still, I think he's only turned seventeen as well, so he got I think he got four appearances last year. Um, kind of a funny player in my opinion in that what position to play him in. Do you know that kind of way? Um, well, tell, tell us a little bit, what has he done at underage level? What or Where has he played and where where has he been successful at, at under, under? Well, he's play, he can play He can play a number nine. He can play, probably plays quite a bit as a number 10 uh, because he's technically so good. Absolutely fantastic footballer. As I said, technically brilliant. Uh, scores goals from all over the pitch. He can score tap-ins. He can score free kicks, he can score headers, he can score any type of goal. But he's nearly that type, he's nearly that good of a footballer that sometimes you don't know where to fit him into the team. I suppose that's what I'm trying to say. Um, again, he can play any way, any position along the front three, you know, uh, left, right, centre. Um, yeah, look, and one thing I've noticed actually about him over the, the last few months is that He's he's really uh, from a physical point of view he's really developing really maturing. He's obviously been doing doing a lot of work in the close season to um, bulk up. Um, looks really strong upper body. Um, funny enough, I was in the showgrounds there about three Fridays ago, and the next Friday I was in the showgrounds about two or three Fridays in a row, and he was in there working with the young Gabby on that on the the Astro pitch, you know, doing bits and pieces. So. Um, obviously hungry to, to progress and it's great to see lads going in and doing bits and pieces off their own bat but um, yeah look the downside of him and what I would have said it before is that sometimes I think that he 
he doesn't really carry that confidence from maybe League of Ireland underage into the senior setup. Um, he nearly comes across as being apologetic when he is on the pitch playing for the first team. And I mean that in the nicest possible way because I don't think he fe- he should feel like that. He's every right to be there. He's earned throughout the years to, to get into that position. And I just hope this season, you know, maybe through developing his body strength and his his shape and things like that, that he can impose himself more on games when he does get into the first team and, and don't kind of be apologetic for being there. You, you know, he's there on Maris fucking take the opportunity because uh, he has all the ability in the world. He just... Take the opportunity now. And I know he's only 17, but say la vie, that's yeah. the way. Do you think there's anything in it that, um, with his dad being such a renowned figure within the club, you know, having had such a successful period with us as well, that, and his dad was such a big personality as well, you know, like Anthony wasn't shy anyway, yeah. shape or form. Is yeah, it maybe he, a case of stepping out of his shadow a little bit and just like he is that a, confidence? He is an unassuming young fella, whereas Anthony, I suppose, can be quite the opposite. But yeah. like twice the footballers, I'm going to be a brave man and say this now, but he's twice the footballer his father ever was. But Anthony was, yeah. and I went forward. Do you know that kind yeah. of way? Yeah. Uh, Jerry, Jerry could have Jerry could have Elding and John Mahan knocking at the door the next couple of yeah. next couple of days. <laughs> Good luck with that one, Jerry. <laughs> Uh, oh, I think the key, the key maybe for Owen having a good season is is preseason, and uh, like if he if he gets a couple of goals maybe preseason, I think that could just give him the bit of confidence that he needs to kick on for the rest of it. Um, I just like to see him maybe use his pace a bit more when he does get game time. Just maybe just try and get him behind defenders because he's a young lad. I'm sure he's 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 quick. Um, but look, it's it's um, as Jerry said, he's earned his right to, to he's earned his right to get his contract. He's earned his right to to get into the first team. So, back back yourself. It's the same um, situation. Remember with Johnny Kenny. Yeah. Like Johnny only came to light in that preseason. So he did. You know, he played a couple of games. I think he got a goal against that loan, wasn't it, or something right, like that. Johnny, yeah. And then all of a sudden, people were like, I'll give him a, give him a go. And then all of a sudden, I think he got a couple of handy little goals done well and he was away but I think the biggest thing would be this he is that own with someone experienced playing in around him as well you know like even Kenny I know he wasn't amazing when he was there was Romeo played in the number 10 most times and he was behind him he was an experienced player so maybe something like that not just like have Wilson there as well because like at the end of the day was Wilson he's only 23 as well isn't he like and this will be his first bout of Premier League football too so, you know, it's going to be a learning curve for him as well. So you don't maybe don't want too much inexperience in around the forward line. But I, I but I don't think we're close to even being done in the transfer window yet. Happy birthday oh. to well, his birthday was this week. I think he turned twenty two. Who Wilson? Wilson, yeah. Yeah, happy birthday, Wilson. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Jesus. Uh, oh, yeah. Wilson Wilson and Jesus both had uh, busy weeks. <laughs> and Sean. Happy birthday, Sean. Oh, I'm sure. It's a fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All donations are greatly accepted. Uh, um, so, uh, Will Fitzgerald obviously signed back as well. Um, I, I think we all know we can expect from from Will, and I, I guess many people would be happy to see that he's still on board. On board. Um, I think we want need to expect uh, more, Connor. Yeah, we probably want to see a more exp- uh, expanded run in the in the team from Will. I think that's fair to say. 
I think I'd like to see uh, Will up his numbers now. You know, I think he has everything else in his game. It's just the final ball now. So it is. He's got. He's got to add that. I, th- I think. Mean goals are, are are creating goals. Goals and assists, just goal and just involvements. You know what I mean? Chance creation and stuff like that. You know, like you seen it last year. Like the assists came out. The top assists in the country was like seven assists from Archie Davies. Was it at Dundalk? Like that's piss poor, really and truly. But I made a comment on it on Twitter, and in fairness, one of the lads who does all the stats for um, one of the League of Ireland sites, he actually says he says it's a better metric to actually look at the chances created by those players instead of the assists, because goal scorers aren't that frequent in the in the League of Ireland. So in fairness, that it's a good point to make because how often do you come across twenty goal season strikers? Yeah, they're like hens Tate, unless they play for us, we seem to get them by the by the boatload. But I. Uh, so I think you'd like to see what Will can produce in that regard this year, you know, in chances created because he has all the all the abilities. He showed it last year, you know. I think if you look at all our really really good goals, he's involved in them heavily. And so I'd like to see him just kick on that a little bit more now because uh, again he was another one I didn't think we'd get the same back. I think he, I thought he would have moved on. I thought he would have yeah. forced the clubs looking at him. So to to tie him down was a was a good bit of business by John. Um, Ron, in, in relation to goalkeepers, it's the only part of the pitch that we haven't properly looked at. Yes. Um, so I think last week it was it was confirmed that Luke McNicholas, uh, his his move to Wrexham uh, moved from loan to permanent. Uh, we wish Luke all the very best there. Which leaves us with uh, Connor Walsh and Brushy is still involved in a, a coaching primarily slash uh, player role. Uh, we still need cover there though, Ron. Don't we? Are not even covered, but we need more competition, I guess. Yeah, that's the one position, Connor, that I'm, I suppose, most wary of. Um, I think we need a first choice goalkeeper, a number one goalkeeper. Um, to be honest, Connor Walsh didn't impress me when he was in last year when he got his chance, and it showed that we had to bring in Richard Brosu. Probably saw his role, his playing days, maybe didn't come to an end, but. The fact that he was had to be brought into the squad, brought into the starting lineup, was, I suppose, showed that. Um, now maybe Connor will come good, you know, maybe get a good preseason in and whatever. But yeah, we need we need another goalkeeper in. I would prefer to have a first choice goalkeeper in. Um, hopefully, well, whether it's permanent or we can actually use the loan markers to our advantage, because I'm sure, I'm sure there's good goalkeepers out there that are are crying for minutes. Particularly, is, maybe one that's in Oxford. Any, yeah, well, that's what I was going to bring up. Is there any point in us having a conversation about former Rovers keeper Luke McNicholas, who goes to Oxford United, and he's yeah. not even—I mean, he's he, not even—he's not even on the the uh, the game day match day squad. Is there any point in us having a conversation about about him coming back? Sorry, absolutely none, because. It's Ed McGinty that went to Oxford, not Luke McGinty. Who did I say? Luke. Who did I say? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. McGinty. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on. Do me a favour. <laughs> um, you get away with nothing on this. Yeah, no, I feel, feel better. Right, so, yeah. I'd have to be calling around your house. I'd be ringing up John Martin and uh, Anthony Hayden and saying, Join the Hugh Club. It's going to be a pile on. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, okay, so, so uh, McGinty, there's no. Is there any point in having a conversation about him? Yeah, I think so. Um, I look, 
I was looking at it, I was thinking about it today, and I think I think Ed is on his third manager now since he's gone there. Uh, they've another new guy in at the moment in Oxford. They're actually flying at the moment. I think they've moved up to fourth in League One, whereas since he had gone there, they've been kind of struggling. As far as I know, he's gone down to fourth choice keeper now as well. Um, so he's absolutely, like, there's nothing happening from there at Oxford. From what I've heard is that his prefer- preferable uh, option is to stay in the UK, uh, to go out and loan to a UK club. But I wouldn't rule it out completely either. Uh, Sean, you don't think it's going to happen? No, I don't want to get my hopes up on it, to be honest with you. But yeah. I, I have to say, I would have thought, and this is absolutely pie in the sky, who did Sham sign there? Lee Stacey, was it? He's the keeper that was at Longford. Yeah, they're, they're, going with Poles. they're going with Leon Poles as number one. Yeah. As number one. Like, neither of those would kind of would um, get you, have you overconfident. I would have thought they would have gone hard after Ed McGinty. But I genuinely, I don't think, I know people will be like, ah, he just says that, but A genuinely doesn't have any interest in playing for Sham. I think if A was to come back to the league, it is to come back to us. And, you know, he'll be back closer to home and all that. I don't think he is, you know, he's, if he comes back to this league, he will just come back to us. I don't think he's just going to go back to Shams. I don't think that's that's not his ambition, you know. So, yeah, I think okay. he, he, come on, Jerry. It's not like an Irish player coming back to the leagues, you, you know. Like, yeah, uh, uh, Ed's home is in, in, in uh, Motherwell. So, obviously, he preferred to stay in the UK. So, why would he go to another League of Ireland club? I'd say... Look, it's slim that he will come back to us, but it's probably the most obvious one if he did. I, I think uh, we should be looking at so it's, uh, Peter Cherry's definitely one. I think he's out of contract. I think he'd be a great shout for uh, for signing as a keeper. You know, such a great experience in the league. <clears throat> he's been with some big clubs in the league down to the seasons, and uh, some big I was raised him as keeper. Huh? Some big mistakes from Peter Terry. Sort of. Uh, well, I've, I tell you, Sean. I would have always liked him as a keeper, personally. Anyway. You'd imagine that he's a similar age to uh, Richard Brush. It'd there... be similar age to Brendan Clark, uh, Jerry. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't know. No, just it's a hard, it's a hard one to call because there's not many goalkeepers in the league. Yeah. So we, were, we were linked to the Cork, Cork, Cork City keeper. We were linked to the Cork City keeper. Yeah, I know nothing about him personally. Mm-hmm. No, I don't mm-hmm. think anybody. I think he played something like 11 or 12 games. He went to them on loan. Um, I heard fellas saying, oh, no, all them Cork goalkeepers are useless. And I don't think anybody knows enough about um, any individual Cork keeper to really have a, a proper opinion on. I was actually talking to Richard Brush about that Cork lad, and he he does highly rate him, in fairness. He said after, he was he saying, after... Uh, Shell's keeper, Ken, uh, Kenna, is it? Kieran's. Kieran's, yeah. yeah. He was saying, he's the best goalkeeper in the league. He mentioned one other, and he says, after that, you know, this guy is probably second or third on the, um, in his opinion, the best goalkeepers in the league. The, Shepard from the Dogs, great keeper. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the other one. That was the other lad. Um, as far Peter Cherry's 40, for, just for the, for, for the record. There you go, like Jesus. Yeah. Very, very. Uh, I know the lads that that we're in from from Cork. We are actually in for him, and but he has other offers on the table. So just watch the space. 
Okay. But I think so, I think the loan market's going to be one we're going to definitely be touching to in January. Yeah. So and Sean, just on the loan market. So obviously, you know, we've spoken about a keeper. We're interested in in um, uh, number one, whether a permanent or on loan. What other parts of the pitch do we need to strengthen, and where can the loan market come into play there? I think, I think you could, uh, go and get another centre half, and I think go and get a striker. I think that that'll be my two big ones. Um, I think if you can be clever in the loan market as well, like I think with Ellis Chapman. I think you're looking at another possible Reese Hutchison situation there, like his contract is up in July. So his loan is up. So hopefully if both parties are happy, like the way Reese was here, you know what I mean? You can maybe make it permanent in the summer because you'll have a fair idea where you're going to end up in the league. Well, rough idea. So you may be able to front the budget a little bit more and sign players like that. I'd look at that for another centre half as well. Like I wonder would there be any... Would Russell be looking at maybe going back to the lad Shaughnessy? Remember, he was looking at yeah. we heavily linked to him last year. Like, Where's he playing against? Player, he's a centre half, and the Maryland was 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 with, yeah, he's with Scott. Was it Dundee? Maryland, I think you're right. Yeah, and I think Maryland. he's, I think he's captain now. Yeah, but, just just to uh, sorry, I don't need to to keep cutting in, but um, just on the loan market as well, um. I think an awful lot of people are under the impression that loan players, uh, that the parent club pay all the wage. That's absolutely not the case whatsoever. Mm. With the likes of Hartman, you know, he's on huge money from RB Leipzig. Obviously, we only, we're only paying a very, very small percentage of that. But it depends. Each, each loan player, it, it depends on, on, you know, negotiations with the parent club. But you never get a loan player for free. So just to, to put that out there, that um, it's not as straightforward as, as sometimes what it can look like. And and if a club are giving you a loan player for free, <laughs> be wary. Exactly. <laughs> uh, just another uh, name I'll throw out there is Aidan Keane. Uh, not going particularly well for him at Cheltenham. In fact, it's not going particularly well for Cheltenham at the moment. Um, although I think they are bouncing back a little bit, but they're languishing at the bottom of uh, of League Two. Yeah, by Northampton, 1-0. They're second from bottom of League One. There's, so I think the, 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 the manager that signed Keenan, he could have been, he might be two managers away at this stage. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. There might be two changes there and they, they sold the striker who Keenan kind of was forming a partnership with oh, he went yeah, over initially. Yeah. Uh, and if you if you have a look on Twitter, um, uh, if you put Aidan Keenan's name in there, um, I know Sligo Rovers Fans are kind of asking questions about Aidan Keane and you know what's going on over there. Uh, funny enough, uh, they're complaining about what what Aidan Keane used to do quite successfully for Sligo Rovers to some degree. Used to, and we all remember him dropping very deep and getting involved in in uh, the development of play, uh, as, along with scoring goals as he did um, for us. But that's a, that's something that seems to be they're criticizing for, criticizing him for um, when he is playing. They're saying that he's not kind of playing within the expected system. So um it's not it's not all rosy over there. But that said, um it's I mean, again, it's pie in the sky, right? To talk about it. Can it possibly come back to the showgrounds? I'd say that would be a very difficult one to do because if Aiden Keane is open to a move back to the League of Ireland, like every club will be in front. But he, okay, I suppose uh, another side was just it's gonna be us. But he he's showing he enjoy, one thing about him is like like he's a young family right he enjoys his football here and I, I do remember him saying 
I, I don't want to get people excited, but I did say I might be, I might be back again, lads. So let's get fucking excited. <laughs> 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 he did say it. He did say it. In Keenan to Rovers confirmed. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Well, first, we're pretty Interesting. <laughs> During the week, Donald just um, the last few weeks, and um, just where he said he. The most enjoyable time of his football career on and off the pitch was at Sligo Rovers. Um, in the regular sometimes. Don't Just picking up on the there's a, a new fan account in the red corner. It's quite good on Twitter. Um, I asked the question and like that too. Just to kind of back up what you're saying, uh, lads. Um, you know, asked the question of what Cheltenham fans felt about Aidan Keane at the moment and. There was probably about eight or nine responses and they all kind of crowd said pretty much the same thing in that Aiden doesn't really fit into the system that the current manager is playing. I don't know what system they really play, but I know they're playing, I think it's a 4-4-2 and it seems to be kind of pretty much maybe front to back and, you know, kind of maybe pacey centre forwards where he doesn't really slot into that. He's more of a clever type player. So, yeah. Very technical footballer. Okay, so uh, Donald, Donald Kelly's had enough, so Donald, we'll let you go. And Thanks, we'll boys. talk to you in the weeks and months to come. Yeah, right. You're heading to Chatham, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving back. <laughs> I'm going to go to the car. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Okay, good luck, Tony. Um, okay, so let, let's, um, before we finish up, we're on uh, about 40 minutes there now. Um, before we finish up, obviously, um, you know, we didn't have a particularly... Uh, we didn't have a pretty good season last year. It's saved in many ways by a diabolical UCD and a very, very poor Cork City. Um, we're not going to have that cushion come um, this forthcoming season with Waterford and Galway. Is that fair to say, Ron? Uh, yeah, I think that that would be fair to say. Um, I know we'll be written off by a lot of people from outside. Um. Yeah, like there won't be any easy games coming up. Um, every game is going to be, you know, there's, there's, I don't know. It's an obvious statement, but there's something on every game. Um, there's no gimmies. So I suppose that. Which in, in a ten team league, in a ten team league, that should make yeah. for a much better league, obviously. Oh, it'll be for the neutral. It'll be brilliant. Um, I think the key for us, I suppose, really is. Maybe not jumping. I don't really want to jump on too it because we'll probably do well. I don't know if we'll, we'll probably do a pod before the start of the season, but just maybe get a good start. Um, I know, yeah, like bows away in the first game of the season. So hopefully, yeah, up, up, up to a good start the first few games. Maybe that could could lay the foundation. But Galway, Galway are funny. Like Galway have signed maybe two or three players. They've kept a good chunk of the squad last year that did well in the first division. Um. I don't know what they're yeah. Then Waterford Waterford are signing players with a, like for a fee. So they look like they want to do things, but they still they've lost Coughlin. So that's major. Well, how many goals he scored last year? Like thirty he, something. He was, so their, was he, he was their all time record goal scorer for the club, wasn't he? So, last season. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't get too caught up on the fee thing as well that Waterford were paying for it'd be pittance. 
So, well, it's just slight comp- compensation, like even for Darren Lee, like there'd be, there'd be nothing in it. Paid a couple of grand, top, like it's not like they're going out paying a hundred thousand for players or something like that. Uh, Jerry, what are your expectations? I mean, I know it's early, obviously, the, the squad probably isn't full yet. Well, I think it's fair to say, and um, it's not full yet. But based on what we know so far, um, you know, Rona made the point that, um, you know, we're we are, are most people in the league are of the opinion that Galway have plenty of money with the Comer brothers involved, but they're they've obviously signed um, Gary Buckley from from us, but they haven't um, they haven't blown the uh, blown the bank apart in bringing new talent into the club, and it's for any club coming out of the first division, it's always um, it's always difficult coming into the Premier Division. With that in mind, what are your expectations for for Galway and Waterford? Uh, and then Rovers in the context. Um, my expectations for Galway. Um, yeah, as you say, look, it's difficult to know just yet. There's, I suppose, there's still, uh, you know, what six weeks away from the start of the season. But Galway, as Ronan said, have kept the bulk of their squad. Um, they've added, um, obviously Gary Buckley. They've signed Leo Gaxa from Kerry. Seems to be a highly rated player in the signed uh, centre midfielder, the American centre midfielder from uh, Athlone Town. He's like six four or something like that. Um, by all accounts, uh, seems to be a really, really good player. But when you look at the signings that they've made, the majority of them are first division players. They haven't like the first thing I would be, I would have thought a first division team coming up would be targeting Premier Division players to give them that, you know, experience and uh, know how because. I don't think Galway United supporters realise um, the difference between the first winning every week, week in, week out, at comfortable ease in the first division and try and transfer that into the kind of relentlessness of the Premier Division where, yeah, you've got a 10-team division. Teams are very, very similarly matched. It's it's a tough slog. Um, I know Galway had done well, particularly well against uh, Dundalk, where they kind of blew them away. Uh, they were lucky against Bowes. But it's easy enough to rise your, your game for one or two cup games every now and again. But to do it on a week-by-week week basis, and have only assigned first division players, that would be a concern for me. If Going on what we know from playing in the Premier Division, I don't know if it's enough. Uh, Having said that, some of the lads that they have currently there, the likes of uh, Hurley and Ed McCarthy are, are very, very good players. I don't think that there will be... I think ourselves, themselves and Waterford will be in and around that. I think Dundalk will, could be... You know, you, you'd wonder about them at the moment to sign very, very little players. Your man Ainsworth's coming in, making lots of big noises, but you've seen so many players go out the door and, and nothing really come in. Um Draw there'll be another interesting one. I know they signed uh Luke Kingy from UCD, who we were also in for. Uh I think they made a great signing in, in um that lone town centre forward, uh Pearl. I think he's a magnificent player. So um as in relation to us, I think we could finish anywhere from eighth up to fourth. Uh getting a good start is key. Uh, I know we have, in terms of squad, we're looking to sign four to five more players. Those four to five players will make the difference whether we finish, say, between eighth and fourth. Um, but look, I'm a lot more positive, a lot, lot more positive. I really 
like the looks of the players that we signed. And if you look at the, the type of player that we have signed, they're all around, say, 22 to 25 age bracket. They're coming into their... They're not kids. They're not journeymen, but they're kind of coming into their prime. Um, and they're also, a lot of them, the likes of Wilson Weru, who's six foot three, Alice Chapman, six foot three, Connor Mali, Mealy, Tomato, Tomato, six foot one. So, yeah, I think you can see the where John's kind of evolving his thoughts and that we need to get bigger, stronger, more physical players in. But so when things aren't going well for us, that we can we can dig in and, and maybe grind out results where we weren't capable of doing that in the past. But I think the next four to five players will determine where we finish up. And I would, I know it seems kind of highly expectations to think that we could finish fourth. It's a hard ask, but yeah, I, I think it's there for anybody really, and we know that from the the Premier Division. Okay, we're going to finish up very soon. Um, before we go, um. Sean, we, ha- we haven't spoken about um, Gary Buckley, who has obviously left the club to go to Galway. Um, he was such a huge figure in the club over the last um, over the last number of years. Uh, he, uh, even though he, he 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 was injured, he suffered injuries towards the end of his final showgrounds. But he he really was a fantastic player when he was in his prime. Are Galway going to have the same Gary Buckley that Sligo Rovers had um, when all was going well for him? Personally, I don't think so. Um, we had the rubble book. That knee injury, look, modern medicine has shown that fucking knee injuries aren't as damaging as they used to be a long time ago to a person's career. But I do think, just judging by what when Gary came back for us this season, like he wasn't the same player. He was caught out an awful lot. Now, granted, that is rustiness as well. So a full preseason under his belt, the lobs, he do wonders for him, but I don't see him getting the freedom to play the way he did in a John Caulfield side. As that, you know, you think he'd be, he'd be told to, to empty it, launch it? Well, he, well, yeah, but he, he never launched it. Look, he's one of the best diagonal balls out from the back in the league. Like, you know, some of the, some of the spreads. Better than Nando. Oh, Jesus Christ, Nando. You're as well off waiting on a bus here in Boston, waiting on a pass for Nando. So, yeah, because my good God almighty. One will come every hour and then two at once, you know. But, um, no, Gary, look, is he's a quality footballer. Great person as well. Great lad around the club. And I have a lot of time for him. Well, and I, look, I hope he does well. Uh, but personally, I just I don't see him getting back to the levels that he was at. He won't be a bad player. He's never going to be a bad player for anyone. But just maybe not, he won't get back to the levels he was at at us. He's going to go and prove me wrong, probably, and be the best player in the league. But. Well, look, I think we'd all wish the very best of luck. Um, obviously, just not against us because he was a great, he's a great servant and he was a fantastic, you know, he, he's in that top echelon over the, the course of the club's history. He's probably up there, you know, in, in ability. Like, he was just, he was a great oh, player to have. Gifted, gifted. Yeah. Um, uh, Sean, briefly, your, your hopes and expectations. Six weeks out, what are what do you think can be achievable for Slag Rovers? Uh, I agree with a huge amount of what Jerry's just after saying. So I don't want to just go on repeating what he's what Jerry's already says, but I do agree with a lot of it. And I like Jerry's point on the age of the squad. And I think I could be completely wrong on what I'm saying here, but I would liken that a little bit to even shells of last year and bows in previous years, where it's kind of that 
it's teetering on that line of lads, maybe coming back from England and so on, where they're at that age where it's time to break through and they make bigger moves in their career. But you benefit from them playing very well at your club and being higher up the league. So, like I even say that for our own lads in terms of John, Niall, Kaelin, uh, you know, Owen Elliott's still very young, obviously, but um, the likes of Will Fitzgerald, these players, they just seem like they're ready to step on to that next level. And I think if John has got his recruitment right this time and surrounds everyone with the right personalities and gets a, a unified group instead of, like, over the years now, we've had very clicky squads and it's not been a unified group. And I always go back to the league winning team and Cookies teams where they were unified. There was, it was all one big thing, social group as such. It wasn't just little clicks here, there and everywhere. And I think you've got to get that, especially in a small squad. But ability-wise, I like the look of what we're bringing in. Obviously, time will tell. We'll, we'll see them soon enough. But they look like decent signings. They look clever signings. And there's a few, there's one or two that I'm really excited about. Uh, and good personalities. So And Reese Hutchison as well. A full season of Reese Hutchison. I'm really looking forward to that now as well again. With the full pre-season under his belt at the club. so And by all accounts, he's come back in great shape. So the likes of that, he, you know, he's going to be an exciting player. And Hartman as well. I think, you know, hopefully we see the best of Fabrice because if we see the best of Fabrice, we'll be right. We'll be in every game in an attacking threat. So I'd like to think, you know, fourth. I, I don't see us up there. Um, I obviously want to see us up there, but I, I'd be delighted with a comfortable sixth. Absolutely delighted. I think it's a solid foundation to build on for next year again. And I think that's the way we've got to go now. It's going to be a slow build, but I think obviously Ford will be amazing. But I'd be delighted with a comfortable sixth. Okay. Um, I know um, uh, I know it's a very different uh, it's a very different looking squad, I guess, than that of what we were putting together this time last year. Um, I think it's important to remind people that um uh, there are season tickets to be bought, and it is probably your. Um, it's the it's the easiest way in which to go to the showgrounds, knowing that you've got your season ticket in your back pocket, and that you've got your super rights ticket there, and you don't have to go looking for money or going up to centre getting money out, or you know, it's just it's it's easy breezy, um, and um, I understand that season ticket sales are are very good so far, and. Um, um, I think that's the case, Jerry, isn't it? Even, even after the challenging season that we had, uh, the support is still very strong. Yeah, um, so season tickets have gone really well. Um, I think they're um, a little bit ahead of last year, which is, is brilliant. Um, and like it's amazing, too, looking at the stats that have been put out about the League of Ireland and seeing how every club's attendances are growing. Um, and I think season tickets are, are growing in line with that. So... Yeah, it's 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 a great time to to be, you know, part of the League of Ireland and and Sligo Rovers and and that. And it's amazing too as well how much you miss it over the last few weeks. We'd all be giving out stink and a lot of people saying, "Oh, I can't wait for the season to end." But then when it does end, you know, you you, you quickly realise, Jesus, you, you get fed up or you've nothing, <clears throat> you don't have as many things to give out about. Yeah. Well, you've got Everton, but um, anyway, we won't go there just yet. The other thing to mention as well is um, for people who who are not in the kind of around the uh, the showgrounds area on a regular basis, that um, 
there are there's infrastructural changes that are happening and when you come into the showgrounds next season, um particularly for people who watch games from Jinx's Avenue end and for away fans, the um the old Sky Sports floodlights, um are, people probably won't get that reference, but the old floodlights, the four pillars over that side of um uh over that side of the pitch will be removed as the uh, the new um the new uh, floodlights are going in the, t- the two corner piece floodlights on the Nazareth end, Nazareth house end, and the railway end will be in situ uh, before the start of the season, and um, that will be that will make us. I guess that will make a significant difference. We probably we probably don't know ourselves when when, when we have that new uh, modern lighting in four corners of the pitch. It'll uh, make for a better experience. Yeah, the the LED lighting makes such a, a huge huge difference. Um... You will notice the difference. Like, um, it's like kind of one of those things you don't realize how good they are until you have it. But yeah, yeah. I was looking at the the foundations. Jesus Christ! Like massive. I must have to go down about twenty foot. Somebody told me that um, I don't know if this is true. I was talking to them about the foundations like, and the size and the scale of the foundations for each of those yeah. um, floodlight pillars. Um, somebody told me that Bray could not put in new floodlights because of the wind coming off the Irish Sea. That um, the the structures are too large and that the the wind is too strong there. I don't know if that's true or not. However, I, I, I might have to. Would that be true? Yeah, that would be true. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Who really cares about um, what's going on with the crowd ground? Um, okay, so Ronan, uh, Sean, Jerry, any last thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah, really looking forward to the season, Connor. Um, to be honest, it's been a long, long winter. And, uh, I'm not good in the winter the best of times, but uh, certainly the counting down the days, as soon as the fixtures came out, it got real and uh, really looking forward to it now. All right, okay. Okay. Look, um, I don't know necessarily when the podcast will be back, but we'll be back in a number of weeks before the start of the season um, to talk about, obviously, a more complete squad, um, the initial set of games, and um, I would like to think that we'll probably have somebody like um, John Russell, our new player as well, to uh, get their thoughts before we um we kick a ball in anger. Um with that, uh we will wish you all a very happy twenty twenty four and I'll say Joey, thanks a million for joining us this evening. Thanks a million, Connor. Roll uh happy new year and thanks for tagging along. Happy New Year, Connor. Thank you. And Sean, uh, we will talk to you over the coming weeks. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks a million bye bye. Stenson's head away at the far post and over it comes Elliot Stenson 1-1 one, one. it's brilliant 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 here comes Quigley and it's there it's Slugger over 3 St. Patrick's Athletic 2 and that could be the decisive moment in the title race we will never forget this day